Thank you so much for your responses regarding first or second names. I taught for eight years in a primary school where everyone was on first names. I loved it. It had no impact on respect or class tone except to underline all our humanity. I like my name and I'm happy to be called by it by anyone, whatever the age, says Jenny. It's 24 to 5, the panel uh, in Z. National. Well, the US House Speaker has been ousted in an historic move that is without precedent and has left the chamber without a leader and has plunged it into chaos. This has underscored a massive power struggle between the US House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and members of a far-right faction who has tried to block his ascent from January. A vacancy is the Speaker's a vacant a vacancy in the chair, excuse me, essentially paralyzes the House until a successor is chosen. There is no clear replacement. Kevin McCarthy has told House Republicans that he will not run for Speaker again. So what on earth is going on in US politics? To explain, we have Dr. Maria Amudian, politics and international relations expert at the Faculty of Arts at Auckland University, who served as a commissioner in Los Angeles for six years and worked in the California State Legislature for eight years. Dr. Amudian, welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on in your country, Maria? Orchestrated by... I mean, gosh, we talk about New Zealand politics, but this is next level, right? Yeah, this definitely is. Look at his... It's been sliding into this direction for so long that it doesn't completely surprise me that this has occurred, the ousting of the speaker for the first time, Um, you know, because you could see that America was increasingly becoming polarized and, you know, it was one side listening to one kind of media, the other side listening to the other kind of media and increasingly becoming more and more uh, distant from one another. And then the animosity between these groups uh, makes it incredibly hard to govern. So what happened with Kevin McCarthy? First of all, look, he's he's no moderate. Um, he is, has always been uh, pretty far to the right as well. But, you know, he's not quite as far to the right as somebody like Matt Gates, uh, the Florida Republican who filed the papers to have him ousted. Matt Gates um, and Kevin McCarthy also have personal animus. So some of this is also personal. But what really did it was that, you know, the United States has this thing about uh, debt ceilings. And every year it becomes this big battle whether or not they're going to raise the debt ceiling, whether or not they're going to be able to pass a budget and keep the government going. Well, Kevin McCarthy essentially did the right thing and negotiated to have um, this, you know, temporarily for one month, government to continue operation, temporary lifting the ceiling, passing that much. Uh, but he had to do it with the Democrats to make it happen. And that incensed these eight far-right-wing Republicans who didn't want to vote for Kevin McCarthy in the first place. As you may recall, in January of, gosh, was it this year? Yes, it was this year. Not, yeah. It took, what, 14, 15 rounds <laughs> just to get a speaker? And in order to get those, one of the uh, concessions that Kevin McCarthy had made was that they could take this action. If he upset them too much, then it only took one person to bring this 
and potentially no. throw him out. Well, Maria, we've got a panel here with us, uh, and uh, let's let's get um, to jump in. Paula Penfold. Uh, I just have so many questions, but since we don't have much time, I'd, I'd kind of like to go to the last one on my list, which is what are the implications of this in terms of, I mean, in, in so many ways, but but particularly in regard to the impact, the influence of this far-right faction within the Republicans. Like, what next? Yeah, what is next? So first of all, we have an interim speaker only who will only hold that gavel until they elect a new speaker who will take that role. We don't know who will take that role yet. I know there have been, there's been some talk about Steve Scalise and a few others. Will they survive? Potentially. Um, you know, the election's around the corner. It's a year away. So year and a half-ish away. And so this could change you know, in a year and a half in terms of who has the, the bulk of the votes. So that might change everything again. So whoever does keep the speakership, whoever does get it, only has a year and a half even on good behavior. And how do we define good behavior, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, oh, But they can't really do much uh, house business right. until they get a speaker. Let's bring Stephen Jacoby in. I just keep thinking about Winston Churchill who once said democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others that have been tried. <laughs> but this, Maria, this doesn't exactly show US democracy in a very good light, does it? And no, well, um, particularly at a time not when... Exactly very democratic either. So <laughs> that's right. But at a time yeah. when the administration in particular was trying to promote this idea of the coalition of democracies against the, uh, you know, everybody else yes. around the world. Mm. But I, I, the, 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 the question I wanted to ask you is, what does this have to do with the nature of Republican politics and the rise of very extreme factions who vie with each other to try and get attention and, and, um, and to get noticed in what is a very crowded space? Yeah, so definitely the ones who are doing the most bomb-throwing, um, like Matt Gates, he gets him a lot of attention to do these maneuvers. You know, he's polarized in his own district as well as in the in the House. But there has been an increase. There, you know, the, the in terms of the number of these who are getting elected, but also the move towards you know farther to the right among Republicans. I would say that you know the Democrats have got an increase in some of the far left as well, but they at least govern together. <laughs> they don't have the civil war mm. going on that the Republicans do at the moment. Mm. So I think that's one thing, if that answers your question. you got another question there, Paula? How do you, what, in terms of the day-to-day, you know, functioning of government and the impact on people's lives, I mean, how, how bad is this? How serious is this? Well, I would say that in terms of government itself, that's under Joe Biden, right? He's the executive officer. He gets to operate government until November when that deadline comes up again, because they only did a stopgap measure. Mm-hmm. And so then it's going to come up for debate again. And will the new speaker cave in uh, to pass a budget or will he, you know, shut down government? That's when everybody feels it. Mm-hmm. That's when federal workers get furloughed. You know, services get shut down uh, and, you know, airplanes may not be able to fly. So that's the time when it becomes a big deal. Final question for Stephen. Um, This is also uh, something to do with um, uh, former President Trump, isn't it? I mean, the the, the leader of the faction that's ousted um, the speaker, Mike Getz, is a great supporter of Trump. Is this all about 
you know, you know, impeachment proceedings, things like that, that have to be. That I mean, it, Trump's shadow is over this, isn't it? Certainly, yeah. Certainly, Trump's shadow is over this. Certainly, there is a um, a team there. You might think of it as a team of people who are, you know, a one for all and all for one kind of uh, thinking, and you know, still maintain the idea that the election was stolen still maintain that Donald Trump has done nothing wrong to be impeached or all of his indictments for that matter. Mm. They're the ones that insisted on this uh, impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And by the way, that was uh, McCarthy uh, offered that up to them as a way to sort of give them a concession as well. I don't know that he was really all interested or thinking that that was something uh, a legitimate committee to be creating, but this far right wanted to, to do that, and so he kind of kept his speakership a little bit this way. Well, we wait and see what happens, uh, Dr. Mm. Moodyan, because uh, right now there is a, a vacancy which paralyzes the House, uh, and there is no clear replacement. So the uh, politics continues in U.S. Uh, Maria Amudian, thank you for your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, 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 Dr. Amudian served as commissioner in Los Angeles for six years, then the California state legislature. And just a fact correct here regarding that beautiful song, Sweet Disorder, we both thought it was Fiona McDonald, but in fact it's Lisa Corbin who was oh. the vocalist on uh-huh. uh, Sweet uh, yeah, um, But, uh, yeah, beautiful track there. It's 14 away from five the panel. The total number of dog attacks in Auckland has increased by 28% this year. Report out from Auckland Council. The three Auckland animal shelters operated above 80% capacity every single day over the past 12 months and almost at full capacity for most of the year. Now, an organisation that sees these issues every day is Chained Dog Rehabilitation and Rehoming Dog Rescue. With us is from the organisation is Amanda Frazen-Jones. Kia ora, Amanda. Hi, how are you? That is a really big increase. In fact, it's quite eye-opening. I think that checkpoint might be touching on a similar uh, topic uh, tonight. Do these stats match up with what you see on the streets in your organisation? Yeah, we do. We see a lot of um, issues with dogs. There's definitely uh, people just aren't training them how they should be. Um, And it seems to have increased since, um, obviously, the pandemic. People were getting puppies because they were home, weren't putting in the time and effort, and these dogs are becoming fearful and reactive. So I'm not overly shocked by those statistics. It's awful, but I'm, I'm not shocked at all. And, you know, it's um, a, a dog attack point when it's severe uh, can be can be, you know. Yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. You we remember the pretty horrendous Absolutely. ones that we've seen reported in years mm. gone by. They're, they're horrific, mm. aren't they? But I, I'd like to um, uh, just pose it, the question from a different angle in a way, which is that um, from a personal point of view, because in my household we have a, a staffy, a little staffy, and who's, a, I mean, I think she's adorable, but people are quite scared of her because they just assume that she's going to be vicious. But what we find actually when we're out walking her is that it is the little, you know, the little yappy, <laughs> yappy the dogs ch- that are reactive chihuahua? towards her. And I think, you know, what fe- what frightens me is that if she one day responded to that, it would be her as the staffy who probably would suffer the, the, the more difficult cons- consequences. But I think you're right. It's a training issue, isn't it? It really is. And look, I, I 
feel your pain, I've got a mastiff and a chihuahua. Right. So you can imagine the looks I get down, <laughs> when I get down the street. And but which also, one? Which one's the more? Which one's the more aggressive? <laughs> Neither of them, like that, because I've trained them. Like, yeah. so my mastiff is—he looks a bit scary because he's gone blind in one eye, so it's but he's a bit special. And and people cross the street, and I'm like, he's the friendliest dog on earth. Can and I, the Chihuahua is as well. I mean, can I just jump in? Okay, can I just jump in for both of you? Um, if yep. you bought your—is it? Did you say mastiff, Staffy? If mastiff, you bought, yep. if you bought your mastiff or you put your Staffy in, I wouldn't go near it. Really? <gasps> I have a fear. Because of a dog I knew when I was 18 right. called Berlin, uh, who was a staffy. Oh, and so it, I have it's a, mor- a shame. Well, is it? But I have a mortal fear. Am I not right in having that fear? You're totally no, wrong. No, definitely not. I'll bring, totally thun- wrong. I'll bring thunder well, in to meet you and we can really? do some exposure therapy. Well, you, <laughs> I, I would say it all depends on who the owner of the dog is. Because yes, a lot of absolutely. this, I mean, you know, without wanting to generalize. But, I mean, a lot of anti- antisocial dog behaviour is because of their humans and the way they have been treated. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, and I, I always think, and I, I mean, I'm only a newcomer to dog loving myself because my two daughters both have dogs and they're now um, great members of our family. But I've learned a lot about this and about okay. how owners can really facilitate the way their dogs uh, behave in, 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 in public. I mean, barring sort of... Um, you know, um, odd incidents, I suppose. But um, we're talking here about really serious ones, aren't we? All right, and, we might um, come back. We might come back to this. I just, I have to sort of um, sneak this. I'm sorry, Stephen, but uh, this issue of initiative called Fix Your Friends, which was extraordinarily successful. Tell us about it before we leave you. Um, so we entered into this program. So we we decided that there was a big problem out there, and it was all around dogs dying of parvo, dogs ending up in the pound, nobody picking mm-hmm. them up, um, dogs not being registered, roaming, lots of puppies, like lots of unwanted puppies. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's just so many issues, and you can't wrap it up in one tiny little thing. So we thought, let's figure something out. So we're doing an initiative um, in conjunction with Kainga Order, Auckland Council, SPCA um, and we are going out there we're going out into the community, we spend a day out there and we vaccinate microchip, register register their microchip and book for D16 all of the dogs that come through um, and it's a no judgment thing. It's just something we want to do because the most important thing is making sure that these dogs are safe and also providing education and building a bit mm, of a community yeah. out there because there's a lot mm. of mistrust as well. Oh, kia ora, Amanda. Uh, mainly... great, great work. Great well, work. I George is, yeah, George is, mm. can you say hi to Chain Dog Awareness? They are a wonderful organisation. Thank them from me, says Georgie. There you go. Great. Nice. I love it. I love it. Someone's listening. Oh, <laughs> don't you worry about that, Amanda. It's a great hey. initiative, Amanda. Good luck. For that yeah. work, very Thank good. You. Hey, uh, we'll keep in touch when you have your next event. Hey, that's November. Um, November, yep. yes, definitely. That's Amanda Fraser Jones from Chained Dog Rehab Rehoming. I didn't even get to the part where we were going to discuss some of the uh, feedback regarding your. I've been thinking, Paula. We've had a significant amount, which is uh, your the behaviour you think is the worst on airplanes. We might come back to that later in the week, maybe Friday. Okay. Uh, get an etiquette expert on. Um, but <laughs> uh-huh. a lot of people want to know, um, think that actually flatulence is a lot worse in an airplane chemically. Is than, there some scientific reason yeah. for this? We'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> Just do some yeah. investigative work. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs>
the panel. Can I, can, uh, I, can I put a note yeah. in for people putting too much in the overhead blockers? That drives me crazy. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> OMG, Wallace, Staffies are absolutely the smoochiest babies yeah. in the world. They are affectionate, yeah. they're loving, and they're well-behaved. Finally, on the panel with uh, Paula Penfold and Stephen Jacobin, Hawks Bay Rugby has been front and centre in the news, hasn't it? With the broken Ranfurly Shield. Goodness gracious, we've heard so much about that. But that is not what the panel is focusing on. We have a bigger Hawks Bay Rugby story for you. A Hawks Bay Rugby team has created history twice in two days. It is not the Magpies. Mana Kotero is an all-girls team taking part in the eight-team 10 to 12 years, mainly schoolboys, Wakely Shield tournament, and they're cleaning up. They played their first game Monday, had their first win 24 hours later. With us is coach of Manukotero, Simon Lord. Kia ora, Simon. Uh, kia ora, how's it going, team? It is great to have you on. Tell us about these two wins. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately we ended up with one win so far. We've got, um, so we, on Monday we faced uh, Napier West, um, and we, they were one of the favourite teams to win this competition, so we took them right to the wire. They scored a try right at the death to put us out um, to an eight-point loss. Uh, we went down to them, let's try to think, 28-19. Um, and then we played Wairo yesterday, um, and we won against Wairo 66-0. And then we played against tournament favourites today, the Napier East, um, and we went down to them 39-19. Um, but what really impressed me with the, the win they lost today was the girls just didn't quit. Um, mm. Napier East got on a couple of couple of quick tries. Uh, we were up 12-0, 10 minutes into the game. Um, mm. And then Napier East got a couple of quick tries. And the girls didn't panic. They would, When I went into one of the huddles, the girls were just talking about, we don't have to win the game, we've just got to keep our heads high and stay in the fight and just keep working to score some more points. Paula. Amazing. I love this story so much. So these girls are taking on teams of all boys, right, and performing so well. Uh, yeah, predominantly. So uh, Central Hawks Bay has uh, one girl on their team. Um, Wydal have two or three in their team as well. And then Saracens has three. Um, but Mana Kortero yeah, is all, all girls. girls. Go girls. This is really sensational. Mm-hmm. And I love that attitude that you're describing from them today. That shows real courage, doesn't it? Oh, it definitely does. And, I mean, if you've been coaching for for a little while, resiliency is one of the hardest things to teach or yeah. to coach. Um, the girls have definitely got the uncoachables down to a tee. <laughs> Stephen? Well, to Mickey, this is just absolutely great, isn't it? And um, another great Hawks Bay um, uh, story, Wallace, coming through here. Uh, and um, But, look, I, I, I guess the question I want to know is what inspiration do these girls get from the women's football, do you mm. think? Um, I think they definitely get a lot. Like all the girls talk about how their um, idols, a lot of the girls' idols, Ruby or, Tui. Or rugby for that matter. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say yeah. it's got to be Ruby Tui. Yeah, <laughs> Ruby, Ruby Tui. Tui yeah. Um, probably 90% of the girls have talked about their idol being Ruby Tui. Mm. Mm. What a what an amazing thing she and they have done. Mm. Oh, definitely. They've, they've inspired so many girls this year, uh, especially this year after what happened last year and then um, hopefully what our girls are putting forward this year will just inspire more people to follow suit. Look, we love the story, uh, Simon. Uh, it's just really, uh, you know, a good Hawks Bay rugby story here. Uh, I, I, I've been asked to, um, to ask a question. Can you tell me about the chess connection to this <laughs> tournament? Yeah, no worries at all. Um, so Bears loves chess. Um, Bears Wakey's the tournament organiser. Um, he, 
ran this um, with his mother, uh, Adele, before she passed away. And Baz loves chess, so what happens is he does a crossover chess competition. So the team you're playing against on the day, um, you also play. A, you have to nominate a chess player or chess champion, um, and your chess champion will compete against the same team. Each day. <laughs> Mind and body. Mm. Yes, definitely. Um, and we normally end up with really talented. Like um, I think Wido has come a couple of years with like New Zealand top three players and stuff like that. So there's a lot of talented chess players when we attend the competition as well. Mm. This is a remarkable uh, moment, uh, really, Simon. I mean, the girls, their parents, the whole team. This is you can see a future for Manakotero. Oh, definitely. Like the girls have shown their goal this year was just to turn up and compete. Prove to the boys and prove to everyone else that they could come to a high level competition like this and hang with them and stay in the fight. And it definitely proved that. Um, they weren't concerned about results. They just wanted to prove that they could be equally as physical and mentally strong as the boys. And if they got results, they got results. But that wasn't what they were concerned about. They just wanted to show that they could fight it with the big boys and hang in there with them. I love that so much. Any future Black Ferns in there? Uh, definitely. I definitely think there's a lot of girls in that team to watch out for. <laughs> we'll get you back on, Simon. Kia ora for now. Really appreciate uh, you sharing the story with us. Kia ora. Thanks, team. That Have is a coach of Manukotero, 65-0 against Wairua. Oh, poor Wairua, though. Oh, well, there's that too. There's that too. I mean, I love that those girls have, are doing so brilliantly, but I always feel sorry for the team that gets a zero. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can we sneak in a little bit of, because we might come back to on Friday, sneak in a bit of uh, uh, the uh, airplane uh, annoyance. My most annoying thing, passengers who bring on two or even more carry-on bags each yeah. and hog the overhead lockers. So back to you there, Stephen. Yeah. Um, most annoying behaviour is assuming the automatic right to hog the arborist. Yes. Uh, mm. And, uh, well, this one here, should I say this? I will. Washing feet with a steam towel. Ooh. Yeah. No. And on that note... They, they're flying on expensive airlines, though, <laughs> if they're getting a steam towel. <laughs> Paula Penfold, Stephen Jacoby, thank you very much. Thanks to my producer, Ayana. I want us to chap in back 3.45 tomorrow. Lisa Owen and Checkpoint is next.